Welcome back to Chop for Time. Sitting here with Sean, Devin, Thomas. We're going to be looking at a little bit more in depth at yesterday's message as we started into the book of Hebrews. Before we do that, though, I'd like to encourage you to like, subscribe, do all those things that you're supposed to do on YouTube to help grow our numbers because that's what it's all about. Devin, pray for us, please. Amen. Father, we just come into your presence with thanksgiving, uh, Lord, and your courts with praise. Uh, we praise your name. We thank you for giving your son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins. We thank you that you have uh, given us this time to be able to share your word, to get encouraged, and to encourage others. We ask that you bless this time in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Well, excellent. Glad to be back again. Um, we are going to look at uh, yesterday's message, and we're diving into the book of Hebrews, coming out of Exodus and coming out of um, our uh, series on Elijah and when the brook runs dry. And now we're going to jump into Hebrews. I am so excited about this. Yesterday, you gave us a kind of an introduction, mm -hmm. and we just love if you could give us a recap on that. Sure. So we talked about, um, you know, just the book of Hebrews, just a very high look at it. Who wrote it? We don't know. Who is it written to? We don't know. When was it written? We think we know. What was, why was it written? We do know that. Mm. So that's where we camped out most of the time yesterday is why was it written? It was written to encourage and exhort believers who were really struggling. They were really being persecuted. They were uh, facing just suffering, uh, martyrdom, and they had lost their homes. A lot of them lost their lives, and this book was written to encourage them and just to remind them that Jesus is greater, Amen. period, than any and everything, no matter how low the valley, how difficult the trial, no matter how high the mountain, how um, incredible the victory, Jesus is still greater, Amen. regardless of anything that we face here, experience here. That's what the writer of Hebrews was doing, was just encouraging the readers that Jesus is greater. And that's what we're called to do, too. Great stuff. I love that, you know, because it's so important that we focus on Christ. You know, that's the focus of all Christians' lives, to be on Christ and so that Jesus is greater. Couple words that you've used just now, mm -hmm. and a couple year, words you used yesterday, and maybe we could just kind of define those. Okay. And what's the difference between them? Uh, exhort and encourage. Can you kind of give us breakdown what those mean and yeah. the difference? So to encourage someone, that that's one we're more familiar with. You know, we use that, but I mean, if you really think about it, it you know, impart courage, mm -hmm. place courage in someone, encourage them, lift them up. Um, you know, just speaking to their lives, do something that lifts their spirits, that kind of maybe takes a bad day or a bad outlook, bad perspective, and at least introduces the other side of that coin mm -hmm. to them. And then exhort is one that we don't use a whole lot, so it may be a little bit more unfamiliar. And that, that basically just means to strongly encourage someone or to strongly urge someone mm. to do something. 
So, so that's that's kind of the base definitions there. Awesome, awesome, and you had such a powerful moment yesterday when you encouraged us to get up and encourage somebody else. That was just fantastic. Um, one thing that you looked at yesterday when we talked about the Book of Hebrews, and we as before we came here, we wanted to look at uh, some passages, and was the lettuce, the vegetable passages, right? Yes. So um, I did not, for the record, <laughs> I did not make a dad joke there. I thought you could have, you know. You I mean, I was wanting to cabbage that thing all the way instead of lettuce, it, but I refrain. Go, go ahead, because well, we're yeah, going like, the same place I, I right I feel here. like the reason you didn't make the joke was because of how the last joke. And it wasn't even went. my joke. Like, I was just referencing how cliche that a lot of the Christian coffee shops were by the name Hebrews. <laughs> and they, people actually booed me, which let, let's be honest, that's not new territory for me here. I mean, it's not like we're trailblazing here for people booing me, but I was a little shocked. Number one at just the, I mean, it was a visceral reaction, man. I mean, like people were passionately booing like they were anticipating it. Oh, they, they were ready to boo. Before. They were just ready. They, they knew, they knew something was happening. And I mean, just that. Yeah. But maybe it's about the timing. Timing is everything. You leave my timing out of this. <laughs> my timing is impeccable. Uh, all right. Good stuff. So anyways, back to the cabbage and the lettuce. Let's get to the, you know, the encouragement or exhortation of these passages. Uh, you know, we said there this this is how many times in the book of Hebrews is the lettuce passages? At least 12. At I know that's what 12. we've got listed. It could be, could be more, but there is at least uh, let us mentioned 12 times so a key phrase absolutely a key yeah. phrase and so let's look at let's look at some of these passages where we're talked about lettuce and you know um because that is a body collective thing if we're going to do something together and that's what we're talking if it's a word of encouragement or a strong word of exhortation to build something up how about we take a look at a few of these passages kind of mm -hmm. dive in to uh hebrews 4 16 okay. let's there's some other passages we're just going to look at three today and um in our chop for time because otherwise the chop for time would go way more than chopper time yeah right um yeah we'll start with 416 and then what we'll do is if it's all right with you mr moderator and host is <laughs> we'll just kind of get uh, get some input from from different people on this as to what they think that it means or how it oh well that is a good point i'm sorry can we back up here i just usually i go through and ask what stood out for you right. yesterday right. so we'll that. we'll insert the rewind sound effect here. <laughs> thomas thomas loves when i do this kind of stuff so. okay let's start over with sean what stood out for you yesterday in today's message uh yeah yesterday i think it was the god is or jesus is greater i think that one really just kind of hit home because it was even in the high times, he is greater. Even in the low times, he is greater. Even in any specific situation you have, Jesus is greater. And just the way you phrased that and all of the examples you gave just really hit home. Amen. Thomas? Uh, very, very similar, actually. I was thinking about, I watched a podcast. Um, There's a bunch of actors around a round table. I don't know what it actually was. Tom Hanks was on and he was chatting about something. And one of the things he said that, uh, it was like a piece of advice that he wished he knew sooner. Again, I don't think this is a Christian thing. I, I didn't really watch the whole thing. But he said he wished he knew the phrase, this too shall pass. Mm. Um, and he was saying, like, whenever you're, you know, in the deepest, darkest valley of life, 
this too shall pass. Mm. Whenever you're at the pinnacle and mm. you think you know everything, this too shall pass. Um, and he was just talking about that. He went into about how time is your ally. I don't really know what that was all about. Um, but it made me think of like, you know, our life is but a mist. You know, everything changes all the time. You can be top of the world one day and on the street the next day. Um, but Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Like he's never changing. He never passes. He's always there. And just having that like security is just something that is so valuable. You know, like I can't imagine what it'd be like to have to, to live through life without something that secure always there if that makes sense like you know because again everything can come and go but we we have as believers have something that'll never go yeah. which i think is just a really encouraging thought yeah awesome i that that phrase comes i have to you know because you talk about it, it comes from a book called the greatest salesman it, it, he's got a phrase every Every you read it once a day or every week, and you yeah, each one of those has a little phrase, a catchphrase, and so one of those things, this too shall pass, okay. is is one of those weeks in there. Um, for me, a standing out was the word encourage. You know, I, I love I love that word. You know, I, I love the the idea that we get to speak into others' lives. You know, there's a famous song by Toby Mac called Speak Life. And I love that because, you know, he he talks about watch people come alive when you speak into their lives. And I just love that, that we can speak and come alongside each other and actually help each other out. And it was evidence yesterday because it happened. I saw it happen in the church and it's just a wonderful past. So that's what kind of stood out to me, that those, those encouragement. Um, now we can go to Hebrews 4. Let us go now. <laughs> So Hebrews 4.16, of course, my phone resets itself to its place. But anyhow, Hebrews 4.16, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. What are, what are some of y'all's thoughts on that? Can you say it one more time? Let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. Can we back up to verse uh, 15? Sure, go for it. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I, I like that because <laughs> the high priest, you know, important thing was that, um, you know, when you had somebody here, if, if somebody was without, they didn't have understanding or sympathy in what you're going through, you don't want to talk to them because they can't identify with you. Mm -hmm. You know, you just think this guy's high and mighty or all that, you know, uh, he's God, we're this, you know, like that. So how's he understand me? I can't come to him. Yeah. He doesn't know what I'm going through. Yeah, I, I think that you know, we, Hebrews 10, 32 through 35, uh, you know, later on in thir chapter 13, there's the writers giving us instances of prisoners encouraging other prisoners or people who have been in prison that are no longer encouraging other people who are in bondage or prison for their faith, encouraging one another. We see second Corinthians one, four, like we are comforted in our afflictions so that we can, you know, Christ comforts us in our afflictions. So in turn, we can comfort others while they're in affliction with that same love. Right. And I think that that's the principle that we see here, you know, operating I, I struggle I actually struggle with the concept of coming boldly mm. or confidently you know because like 
when when you see stories of people in the Bible going to the throne, like Isaiah or Daniel or you know John in the Book of Revelation, it's terrifying. They're yeah. like, you know, Isaiah freaks out and he's like, "Woe is me, I'm ruined," which is you know, just means crap, I'm screwed. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah. this game over. But something that is just really cool, I guess, is that whole like, "Don't be afraid" or "Do not fear" or this idea that somehow we're in a position as wretched sinners that we can boldly approach the throne of God. Mm. So bizarre. Like, mm. I mean, it's it's such a blessing, but it's something that I really wrestle with because, again, I think when, you know, if I mess up in sin or catch myself in sin or whatever it might be, the last thing I want to do is pray. Like, because I feel too guilty. It's like, how, mm. how on earth could I go before a holy God the way that I am or b- with what I've just done and what I've just said or how I've just acted? Like, it, uh, I really wrestle with that like mentality of I'm too bad to get close to to the throne, um, but this passage seems to tell me to, to do the opposite, yeah. which is which is strange. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm the same way. Like when you read like, so let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. Like that just sounds like here I'm broken. You know, like um, here I am. This is all you get. You know, that's that's always my mentality. Is like. I want to do all this good works, but you know, there's always something holding me back from doing that. There's always something holding me back from praying because I feel like it's not going to be as meaningful as somebody who sins less than I do. So it's just that idea that, um, I think the gracious God part stands out too, because like we come boldly because we have that grace. He gives us that grace. Um, but yeah, I think that just that, stepping up when you know you're in sin when you're stuck like that but understanding that god gives grace is just something that's big yeah i agree i think you know number one christ the passage says christ was in all points tempted as we are i I don't even understand that (laughs) you know really when it comes down to it how was christ tempted but you know he went through all the tests he knows what it's like to be human to be frail to be weak um to feel the feel that you know Hey, he he obeyed, um, and but the Bible says he learned obedience. That's in the book of Hebrews mm-hmm. too. So, and, and so it's like it just makes me that it's a throne of grace. I just love that it's a throne of grace, and we see it. It says that we may find mercy and grace to help mercy and grace. So what a wonderful idea that is right there, man. That's what he's encouraging us to. Let us draw near, I mean, yeah. let us go with confidence. I love that. I mean, it's not because of what I've done. It's because of what he's done yeah. that I can go in there. If it was based on my behavior, I could never go in there. But it's based upon his redemption. I think that's what the whole point is. He's the high priest. He offered himself, and that gives us confidence to go in there. He's the one that makes the way for us because I can't make it, but he can. Cool. Amen. Want to look at another one? Yeah, let's, that sounds great. Uh, what's the next passage? Well, let's let's clump some together here okay? Okay. because there will be three individual let us statements here call to actions but they're in 10 22 23 and 24 all right first one is let us draw near with a sincere heart i think that kind of in my opinion kind of helps to build on that approaching boldly and confidently but also understanding that while we can do that it doesn't need to be superficial Mm. you know it doesn't need to be out of bad motives or personal agendas it's that, uh, you know, in Exodus, we were talking about that presence of God, everything, you know, he, he 
he, he brought us out so that he could bring us in. Uh, you know, and, and that's the same thing I think we're seeing here going boldly, you know, drawing near with boldness, with confidence. And now we're seeing, but you've got to make sure that you're doing it with a sincere heart, with the right motive. Mm-hmm. I love that both passages are working towards getting close to God right now. Mm-hmm. Let's draw near to the throne of grace. Let us draw near with a true heart. Um, and both of them kind of deal with Christ's, Christ's work on the cross. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did something that made the way for us apparent. That way we can come because of his sacrifice and because of what he's done in our lives. He's transforming. He's doing the work. And this one says, a new and living, the verse in 19 and 20 by... Um, a new and living way which he consecrated or set aside for us, that is his flesh. You know, his death on the cross makes it so that I can go in there. Not because I have anything, but I love that the passage like, hey, we often come to God with needs and this and I want, like it's like a daughter. My daughter's like, hey, get me a toy. Get me a toy. She asked me like 50 times a day, get a toy for me. You know, I'm, I'm like, that's really not what I want to do all the time. And if that's the way we come to God, oh, God, I need, I got to God, you know, give me, give me, give me, give me. He doesn't want that. He wants our fellowship. He wants us to share that I love you. you thank you for what you've done mm-hmm. in my life. Mm-hmm. Sean? Yeah. Um, you know, I the whole tw- verse of 22 is just something good, if you don't mind that I read it real quick. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. I think I just kind of like... It almost gives me an encouragement. You know, we go from 20 or um, for um, the last passage, we go from that from, you know, I don't feel like I'm good enough to go to the throne of God. But in this one, you know, our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean. Mm-hmm. It's just like that little encouragement, like, no, you're good. Like, please come up. We, we, we want you to come up. We want you there. Yeah gives a reminder of the price that was paid for us to be able to mm. do that. Yeah. Thinking about Christianese, what you talked about earlier, like that's always one of those phrases that has always been so weird to me. Like back, I don't know if it's a thing here, but back home it used to be a thing where people would ask you, like instead of saying, are you a believer? They would like, I've been asked by these old men, are you washed in the blood? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, mm. If you're not a Christian, you never heard anything before. You're probably like, what is this guy talking about? Like washed in the blood? No, I'm not washed in the blood. That's, that's disgusting. You know, so it's like, as the, I always, I mean, there's a rabbit trail that's not really connected necessarily to Hebrews, but it's it's interesting with this biblical literacy that we talked about, like the phrase washed in the blood or covered by the blood or, or sprinkled with Christ's blood. It's really weird yeah. when you stop and think about it, but it's, you know, it's all wrapped up in everything that we've already talked about, you know, his sacrifice, his the gift of his grace and all of that kind of stuff is, you know, that's kind of like what that phraseology means, I guess, that like being covered by the blood mm-hmm. is being, you know, or having our sins paid for essentially and through his death. But it's one of those Christianese things that we just say a lot that when you stop and you think about it, you're like, that's really strange. <laughs> you know, um, it's just a rabbit trail. I, yeah. No, it's right. It's right on target. I mean, really, because when you talk about this, our conscience, a guilty conscience. You, when we just said, I don't want to go in prayer because I have a guilty conscience. 
and our conscience defiled makes it so that we don't won't come to God, don't want to go to God. And, you know, I felt that way. I'm just unworthy. But when you have your conscience cleaned, and the only way, it, you know, when we say washed in the blood, is just to, you need a substitute. What can make me pay? I can, can I walk on my knees? Can I do 50 bows? Say 10 Hail Marys? Is that going to clean my conscience? No. The only thing that will clean my conscience is knowing somebody paid the price for what I've done wrong. And that's what God said Jesus did. Mm-hmm. And I trust him and believe in it. And that's what makes the difference when we say washed in the blood or things like that. But that's really, I understand now, that just means that, man, I really believe what Jesus did is enough. Mm-hmm. And that cleanses my conscience because I, I still couldn't go. I'm still mess up every day. So I think that's important. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Next, 1023, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. I just, I, I just love the, the holding fast without wavering mm-hmm. and then putting that in the frame of God's faithfulness. And what we're seeing leading up to this, as we've read in the context of this passage, that that being cleansed he's faithful and we need to hold fast to that promise Mm. and that fact don't waver from it because it's so easy to to waver Mm. thomas uh yeah i mean it's very it's they're all kind of building off each other which is really interesting thing just looking at these obviously these two are pretty much consecutive right Mm -hmm. in in the passage but all of these just kind of keep adding to each other this sort of like reaffirming the same thing but sort of or clarifying it in a slightly different different aspect which is just always nice that to make sure that we really get the point you know i mean it's that old preacher thing that ben says every so often of tell them what you're going to tell them then tell them the main point tell tell them what you just told them Mm -hmm. you know stuff like that so it's it's it seems like the author is really keen on making sure that we grasp this balance of grace and love from Christ, but that, you know, that we, we still have a stuff to do, like, mm. you know, um, like don't just hold on blindly, mm. like, and, and hope for the best. It's like, we should be unwavering. Is that the, the word there? Without unwavering. wavering. Yeah. yeah. Um, without wavering is just, uh, you know, we should have that strength in our faith to, to push through. Um, sometimes I think it's like if if I just hold on long enough and don't fall off at this point, I'll be fine. Mm. As opposed to thinking it's like no, I should actually just keep like pushing on even harder. This mm. isn't just holding on barely. This, this should be like a, a an assurance that we have in our minds, you know. Yeah. Mm. Sean, yeah, um, I you know I agree with Thomas. I think for like I think when stuff get things get hard, we turn away from. You know, we're we're following God, we're following God, we're following God. We hit a road bump or a speed bump. And we're like, well, that didn't work. So what else can I get my hands on? You know, instead, mm-hmm. instead of just sticking with it and getting over that curb or over that bump or over that wall, we tend to just try to find something else to fix that fast. It, whether that's, you know, if we're struggling with something, oh, I'm not going to read my Bible. I'm going to go play a video game. I'm going to go, I'm going to go rant about something to my friend. I'm going to go do this or do that. We don't hold fast. We don't, we, I guess we're not, we don't have that strength to 
just hold on and keep growing in our faith to go over those speed bumps. Love that. I think that's the whole passage. If you've just nailed the book of Hebrews, really, because um, it is easy to give up. You know, we're, we're, by nature, we just want to give up. I crawl into my little hole and say it's over. You know, I've lost. I've sinned. I've blown it. Or, you know, this is too hard. And I think that's uh, so important for us is that we do. Because other things, we've held on to other things, clinging and holding and grabbing on to stuff, you know, without holding on to Christ. I mean, I've, I can't tell you how many things I've clung to and wouldn't let them go. And I thought they were, and Jesus says, you don't need that. You need me, you know, so just kind of a... Pass it right there. Ben? Yeah. Uh, before I read this last passage, I would like to say thank you to Sean for doing in one statement what I've still got 30 weeks to, <laughs> to try to do there. So I appreciate that. 1024. Let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. I think this just goes back to that encouragement mm-hmm. factor and that exhortation uh, stuff of just that that urging, that pushing. Uh, that provoking, mm. you know, one another to do work for the Lord, to do good works for the Lord. Uh, I'll, I'll go this way this time. I like the word provoke. You know, it's mm-hmm. an old King James word. It says, let us provoke one another. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, it says, let us consider one another. You know, I've done a lot of provoking in my life. You know, I've provoked <laughs> some people to sock me in the face sometimes, you know. And, uh, you know, it, it, but I love that when we talk about this, there's a consideration in other words, it takes thought. It takes thought and action. I remember when I was a kid and I wanted to provoke my father, you know, I just didn't obey him, you know, and that would get some reactions out of him. And so I learned how to provoke people. And, and sometimes it was very thoughtful. I would sit and plan my action of how I'm going to get a reaction out of somebody. How can we do that in a positive mm. sense? Yeah. How can I encourage somebody to do something better, be a better man, be a better Christian, be a better father, be, you know, this is what the whole church is all about, I feel. You know, we're encouraging one another. So uh, I love that passage. The, the word consideration really stands out to me. In- encouragement is is something that I find so interesting just because the culture that I came from in Ireland, we don't do encouragement uh, at all. Um the uh, usually the more negatively sarcastic you are to someone, the more you like that person. Like that's usually a sign that you guys get on well. So, you know, if you do, if you perform a music piece somewhere, if someone sort of jokingly says that it wasn't terrible, that's usually one of the nicest things mm. you'll hear. And uh, and that was one of the interesting things coming to America, which is sometimes the complete polar opposite, where it's just like everyone's so excited all the time. There's so many extroverted people that are just like. You know, everything's amazing and everything's awesome and like all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you do, you know, you parallel park and people are like, oh, my goodness, you're, that's incredible. You know, and, and it's just like, well, you feel so encouraged. But uh, but it was something that I had to kind of take and analyze my faith with and sort of look at my culture and say, you know what, this whole lack of encouragement is actually really bad. Like, i got to remove that from what I thought was normal in my faith practice and and change it you know and, and that's obviously i mean i love traveling so that's one of the benefits to experiencing other cultures is you recognize parts of your culture that are bad mm-hmm. that you didn't recognize before that you thought were totally normal um so i mean encouragement it really works yeah. i mean it's one of those things that um you know i do think there's an issue with saying that you know 
parallel parking is awesome and saying God is awesome. I, th- I don't know if we should use the same metric for something like that. Yeah. You know, sometimes we can go a little bit too far, but, but encouragement really does make a huge difference in people's lives. Um, you know, it, like you said, it gives them courage. Mm-hmm. And, and especially within the church, whenever we're like on the, at the doors, when they leave, they're going into the mission field. Mm-hmm. We need to encourage people and give them courage as they go into the mission field. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think the more we encourage people to share their faith, the more it's probably going to happen. Um, and, and that's, you know, that's the whole, that's the goal right there. Nice, nice. Sean? Yeah, I just love how you said the going out into the mission field, like encouraging them, because that's, I think that's a big thing is like we're called to go and do work, do good works, Um, you know, and I think, you know, when we talk about the greatest commandments, it's love God, love others. And how do we love others? We show them the love of God. Mm. And whether that is going knee to knee with them, helping them through a tough time, or if that is provoking them to, you know, go read the Bible or go to church, you know. Um, I just think that's what it truly means is as like a Christian is to, hey, I love this guy so much. You should love him too. Let me help you get you there. Like, let's do this together. Let's work together through this, through this bad time, through this tough time, you know. Um, But let's do this together and push together to grow our faith. Good stuff. Great stuff. Um, so lots more. There's how many more uh, lettuce passages at least? I mean, we covered what four. So there's at least eight. Eight more, probably. I mean, uh, yeah, possibly more. Right. Numbers well, are hard. If you want to hear more of those, you got to tune in to the message. Come. Uh, so uh, we're excited about you know encouraging one another as we yeah. look at this exhortation in the book of Hebrews. Um, with that, let's do a takeaway and then we'll close out. Takeaway. We'll start off. I will do a takeaway and we'll go around the circle to Ben. Um, Takeaway. I think that to me, the takeaway is going to be that Jesus is better. You know, it really is. I want a multitude of other things in my life and I will cling to anything. And God is always telling me, you don't need that. You just need me. And, and, And that's what the key is for my life. And I really want that to be as we've taken out of the book of Exodus, getting into the presence of God. Here we are looking that Jesus is in us and the presence of him is really that, you know, he's better than all the other things that I want in life. And I just want him. I'm, I'm just excited that this is an introduction to a longer study again. Uh, Hebrews is a book that I just haven't really spent a huge amount of time in. Uh, so I'm just excited to see where we go with it. Um, I think, you know, it's it's an exciting start already. So I'm just excited to see where, where this gets the church by the end of the year of seeing um, all of the doctrine, the biblical literacy, but also like the encouragement and stuff that'll, that'll come out of it. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Yeah. Um, for me, you know, just the takeaway is that um, what kind of what you said is, you know, learning what I need to cut, what Jesus is trying to take out of my life. That way I can hold on to him and hold on and grow. Um Especially, I think that kind of reminds me of the John 14 or 15 passage, the I am the true vine and my father. Yeah. 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 Um, You know, he's going to cut stuff away that we think is important and it's going to hurt. But as long as we hold to him, and that's where we draw our power and our um, wisdom from. Amen. Encourage one another this day while it is today. Mm -hmm. That that just has resonated in my head for a couple of weeks now. Amen. Just encourage someone today. Make it a daily habit. Yep. 
I love it. Well, we want to thank you for joining us. And again, if you could hit that subscribe button, that like button. Also, if you have any questions or comments, please write them down below. And we invite you, if um, you need to get a hold of us, you can look us up online at FCCGrayson.com or you can reach out and contact us. If you don't have a home church, we encourage you to come be part of us. We love to grow in fellowship with you as we focus in on that Jesus is better. Let's close out with the word of prayer. Sean, would you close out? Yeah. Uh, dear Lord, we just thank you for everything you do for us and the knowing and if it's unknown. Lord, I just pray that as we uh, go out into the world that we can just spread your um, love and we can just encourage each other daily to keep growing. Um, Lord, thank you for everything you do. In your name I pray, amen. Amen.